Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I'm Meg Walter in studio today with Nick Morley and Eli McKen. Hey, fellas. Good. What's good, up? Good day. Uh, Nick, what have you been watching? So, over the weekend, yes, I watched When They See Us, which is a Netflix miniseries about the Harlem Five, mm. the kids that were wrongly accused of a rape of a woman in Central Park. And Donald Trump took out a huge ad, right? Central Park Five against the Central Park Five. He was featured in the movie. There was a clip of him saying, like, I condemn the people that raped this girl in the park. And Mm. it was pretty nasty towards him. So, like, did he do this recently? And this was back when it happened. Central Park Five, right? Is that what the movie's about? I thought they were called the Harlem Five. Well, there were five guys. and One of them was 14 years old. Yeah. So he took out this page, I think, in the New York Times. Saying that they were guilty. Oh, really? Normal. Totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. He's a racist. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> you definitely did not hear it here first. Breaking news. you heard it here most recently. Probably not. Probably like by the time they listen, something else will have popped up right after we said it. It's heavy. It's definitely not a rewatch, but important to watch it once i wasn't aware of all the details and everything that went into it it sounds like you still may not be i still (laughs) that that is extremely accurate pretty sure it's a central park fight somebody look it up we have access to google anyway compelling content all right eli go for it i'm gonna research okay look i am i'm not sure about big little lies season two oh really you guys okay first of all (laughs) you guys Episode one happened and I watched it last week and I'm already having a hard time with old what's her name because I've learned too much about her. Dark haired, the young one. What's, oh, what's that? Who's that uh, actress? Shailene Woodley. Ugh, she's the worst. Why? Have no. you ever seen her in any interview ever? No. Did you see the interview when they asked her what she's been watching on TV and she's like, I don't watch TV. Who has time for that? Ew. I just read. Ew. She is. The worst. And I have found out that apparently it's very popular to think she's the worst. Like, oh, okay, like just, an Anne Hathaway thing. No, it's worse, though. Just Google okay. her name and everyone's just like, oh, somebody take this person off of television. Okay. So now every time she's on screen, I'm like, you're not a good enough actress for me to separate you from your person. You're not Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin sure. drives me insane. But every time he's on 30 Rock, I'm like, give me more. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all that said, there's this scene in, in episode one. Where she's like working at a pet store or teaching the children about animals. I don't know. Don't explain she it to me. It doesn't the matter. She's the Monterey, talking the premier aquarium. She's talking to these children about animals, and then one of the kids is like, "Teacher, why are some of the most beautiful animals also the most dangerous?" <laughs> and then like the new love interest turns around. He's like, "Because they have to lure you in with their sense of beauty before they strike." Yeah. And then they both look at each other, and I'm just like. This show may not be for me anymore. This show may not be for sarcastic 35-year-old gay men with the serious... That's funny because every sarcastic 35-year-old gay man I follow on Twitter is standing hard. I'm there for Meryl. I am there for Meryl. I don't know if I'm there for the rest of the show. It's just really hokey. The writing feels like a daytime soap opera to me now. It is definitely more soap opera than season one. Yeah. Are you guys supporting this? Yes. I am, actually. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I really enjoyed episode two. <laughs> I did, too. I don't know. What's her name needed to take a chill pill in episode two? Laura Dern. Laura don't you Dern dare. needs uh, to take a chill pill. He I, lost all her money. I know. 
And I usually stand for Laura Dern, but I kept having to mute it because I was like, I can't do this right now. I cannot handle the amount of Is this of maybe anxiety. an Eli problem? Well, yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, is there things in your life right now that is putting you in a place where the you FBI. can't enjoy big Let's little Let's talk about that. The FBI too. is after me and all of my infidelity issues. And I also work at an aquarium. So that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, I will probably finish season two, but I will probably not recommend it to other people. And I do think it was a bad idea for them to do it. Uh, yeah, mm. I'm still not convinced it was the smartest thing in the world, but mm. I'm enjoying season mm-hmm. two. Yeah. I've had to separate my feelings about the story of Big Little Lies with the show because I still think the show is enjoyable. Okay. All right. I also, for the first time probably ever, watched Inside Edition. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Because our very own Meg Walter was on Inside Edition last night. Okay. So... I just covered all of this on a previous podcast. Well, you're going to do it Listen again. It to makes the, more sense This is here. the place podcast <laughs> to hear more about this. But you guys, <laughs> I talked to them for eight minutes. There is footage of me talking for eight minutes. I watched that whole and eight minute used, video. How they, much? They used like 10, 10 seconds, seconds. And I'm not even saying there's no opinion being offered in the 10 seconds they use. It's just me like explaining numbers. And I'm like, there's... 2,000 women, and then there's 500 women, and then there's 20 women. Cut. So here's what I think happened. Because at the end, there's like a very... First of all, that show is kind of garbage. Inside Edition is garbage. It's garbage. And by I've the never way, watched it. I watched it for the first and the last time. For anybody who's not aware, Meg has been writing recently about this weird phenomenon in Utah where this Mormon supposedly millionaire bachelor is looking for a wife, and they had all these women go and basically do an episode of The Bachelor that was not filmed. And Meg's been writing about it and, as a writer, has now become the world's leading expert leading on this. Expert. Yeah. And so Inside Edition reached out to her and wanted to interview for, her about be- it. Because I offer opinions in my piece in a way that other journalists can't because they're real journalists and they just have to cover the news. <laughs> but I can make jokes about it. And they're yeah. like, we really love the tone of your article. We'd yeah. love to have you on. Well, we call and they're like, so funny. You know, so in our interview, I was saying what I thought about the event, but I think here's what happened. Okay. The LDS matchmaker team saw that we were promoting that this was going to be on TV. They reached out to Inside Edition, agreed to do an interview, and the piece became pro-LDS millionaire. No. (laughs) So now you look like a supporter? You look like not only a supporter, but like an organizer. (laughs) (laughs) This happens to us a lot. Have you noticed that? Yes, yes. Do you know, know, let me tell you one thing real quick, because we did the Provo Bachelor, all that Provo Bachelor stuff, in which we mocked it relentlessly. Brutal. Three weeks ago, I was at a little party, and this guy I had not seen in like four years came up to me, and he's like, so tell me about the Provo most eligible thing. So I was like, oh, well, we started writing these articles, we were mocking it, whatever. And when I got done, he was like, oh, so you don't like the show. And I was like, no. And he's like, I thought that you were one of the producers of it. Oh, no. And I was was like, well, how many other people out there think that Meg and I are producing Provo's Most Eligible? Okay, so LDS Millionaire Matchmaker people sent me this footage of the event, and so I put it on Vimeo. I have gotten so many emails from people who are like, um, do you need some help editing that video? Oh. They, they think that it's mine, uh-huh. that I filmed it oh, and edited no. it. No. Like, you have to... Uh, anyway. 
Hmm. Yeah, it was on Inside Edition. It was fun. So Inside Edition is trash, though. It's garbage. <laughs> Just <laughs> garbage. I was sitting there watching it, and like I could feel my jaw increasingly drop. I was like, there's an entire segment about a man eating from a jar of mayo at a ballpark. <laughs> this is what I'm watching right now. Uh, I think it's gotten worse, because in the 90s... I remember seeing it on television. Sure. Because we had fewer channels and you didn't have streaming back then. So you were more aware of the things that were out there. But what I saw of Inside Edition this week, I was like, please tell me this is not the crap we were watching back when we were teenagers. Well, I told you, it's like a joke show from 30, right? It's like if you wanted to show how crappy TV really is. Mm -hmm. Like they had these graphics. They did the story of Donald Trump getting mad at his chief of staff for coughing. They like wrote in like Comic Sans, cough, cough. And it was like, what? What? (laughs) Happening here? Mm -hmm. I do not like this. And then my appearance, of course. Well, I'm famous now. Anyway, uh, what else have you been watching? That's all I've been watching. Okay. So the Project Runway finale was this last week, and I love it when Project Runway surprises me. Mm-hmm. In the past, they've gone with the Urban Outfitters designer who's like young and hip, and their stuff is on paper pretty ugly, but they're like, they have a vision, and mm-hmm. it's editorial which is what I thought they were going to do this time. And spoiler alert, they actually picked the designer who made very well-designed, beautiful clothes, which is something that the show has not done in a long time. And I was very happy to see that. I think that this new season with the rebrand was very successful. The judges are very good at what they do. The cast was more diverse than it's ever been. Christian Siriano is a really great mentor, and I'm excited to keep watching because it was feeling a little old and stale. Also, after Big Little Lies, well, I mean, we don't watch Big Little Lies when it's on, but HBO has a new show called Los Spookies Mm -hmm. that we watched right after Big Little Lies. And I didn't have high hopes for Los Spookies, but it is very funny. It's all in Spanish. It's a Fred Armisen show, but Fred Armisen's hardly in it at all. It's about a group of young people who stage spooky events for people who need it. Like a priest needs to perform an exorcism so he gets more clout as a priest, so they have him stage a possession. (laughs) I will watch that. It's really funny. Yeah. Give it a minute. Okay. You're going to be kind of annoyed that it's in Spanish. You're like, you're making me work here. But it's pretty funny. Very Fred Armisen humor. Mm -hmm. Very Portlandia type skewering of society, which I really enjoy, but it's very dry. So be prepared for that. And then... Something I've wanted to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. Rewatched Titanic. My goodness. I didn't remember how much that theme is used. Okay, here's the thing. I, I feel like I need to do one quick disclosure. In high school, I was in high school madrigals. Yes, you were. And we performed an acapella version of My Heart Will Go On for many senior citizen centers. So I'm coming into this conversation with a little bit of an unfair advantage because I long ago let Titanic in. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, don't know where to start. (laughs) So... What's the plot? (laughs) There's like nine, but also none at all. Right. Okay. People died on the Titanic. Yeah. Real people with real stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Died on the Titanic. Probably some really interesting stories. Very interesting stories. Like Molly Brown. Make a movie about the unsinkable Molly Brown. Do not make a movie about two fictional (laughs) a-holes 
dying on the Titanic. You know, every time I think about this movie, and I had not seen it in years until this weekend, and it struck me even harder than it ever has, how insane it is that these people knew each other for two days. If that. If even that. She's engaged to somebody. She meets this guy. They spend some time together over two days. A dinner and a party below deck. And by the end of the movie, her ghost, after marrying another man and having like a whole family <laughs> for nearly a century, her ghost goes and joins him in the sea. This man that she knew for two days. And she doesn't even have a picture of him. She says that in the movie. I don't even have a picture. He yeah. only lives in my memory. This person she had a fling with on a boat okay. for two wait, days. Wait, wait a second. When a woman's she was heart 16, is as deep as the ocean. Was he real? I Did Jack exist? No! I No, no, no. I mean, or <laughs> was Kate Winslet imagining the entire thing? It the was a whole Tully situation. Time? It was a dream all along. You guys, I have so much we need to talk about. Have you read about. fan theories? Okay. Have I read fan theories? Yeah. No, I write fan theories. I don't read other people's fan theories. <laughs> Whatever. I, you didn't pull I, that out of thin air? Huh. No, I just did. Huh. Is Leonardo DiCaprio 13 in this film? Yes. Yeah. 12 also, and a half. I just want to say I am very glad I did not meet Ursula when I was 12 because if she had offered me Leo's hair in exchange for my voice, I would not be able to tell oh you guys gosh. about this today. You guys, with the sun that hits while he's drawing, mm -hmm. the 12-year-old in me was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm here for this. No. But compared to Kate Winslet, he looks like a small child. Yes. She looks like she's a 40. A fully grown woman. He looks like he's 12. Yes. Also, she's the worst character I've ever seen oh, in a movie. She, she is such a brat. And oh, she's also, horrible. And I know this is an unpopular opinion, and I really like Kate Winslet, but she's not a very good actress. No, she's terrible And she's real bad in this movie. Terrible. I, every line she gives, well... She wasn't given a lot to work with. The writing in this movie is basically 90% exposition and 10% one-liners. And it is so, so incredibly bad. Can we talk for one second about Picasso? <laughs> Which I, I know could, is our I could shared... talk for 1,000 seconds about I know, Picasso. Something Picasso? I love that she pulls out these paintings and she's like, oh, it's an artist. He's so misunderstood. Something Picasso. <laughs> and then her... <laughs> Wicked, mustache-twirling, fiancé walks in, he's like, Picasso will never amount to anything, are you here? Never anything. They all talk in those stupid transatlantic, like, oh my goodness, we are on the Titanic and we are sailing for America. Far more luxurious. <laughs> I love how much they try to make him a villain. It's like every second he's on screen, they're like, now remember, you're the bad guy. Let's remind them you hate Picasso because that's what bad guys do. Do you don't have good taste in art because you know, you're a bad have guy. Have you heard the word subtle? Go as far away from that as you can. The subtlety is the problem with the entire movie. Yeah. They explain literally everything. So they're walking around the boat and she's like, but there aren't enough lifeboats. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I tried to get more. And then the guy's like, God himself couldn't sink this <laughs> ship. And it's like, we don't need this. Like, we know that you had confidence in this ship and there weren't enough lifeboats. You don't have to explain that to us. I feel like every us. movie that was made in the 90s, you're like, you know who's a bunch of dum-dums? People who are going to watch this movie. So let's spell it out as much as we possibly can. And then when the poor people are all being trapped down below and the mom and her kids are there and the kid's like, why can't we go up into the lifeboats? Yeah. And the mom's like, 
because they're going to let the first class passengers up there first. And then it'll be our turn. So we better be good and ready. And the two children nod and smile at each other and are like, okay, we've now explained the class system of the boat. Thank you for that. Which because hasn't been explained until we then. We were super confused. <laughs> Okay, but I want to say Why something. do these rich people choose to be in these crappy cabins? That's so weird. weird. Why are they wearing dirty clothes? I don't understand. So the poor people are being treated worse than the rich people? So one thing that struck me about Cal, the fiancé, yeah. is that especially when it got to the end when he's trying to get her to get on the boat and he's clearly having all this internal trauma going on, I thought I could do without Leo and Kate all together. But this story could have been a lot better if he was not a villain and he was actually like a really nice guy. Oh, yeah. That would have made the story so much more interesting because as it was, you can't take it seriously. He's no. so villainous that you're just like, okay, this is a melodrama. Like I kept waiting for somebody to walk out with the sign that said boo on it every time he came on screen. Absolutely. Also, did she have to be that cruel to him when she decides to leave him for Jack? She's malicious yeah. in leaving that drawing and that note for him. And he didn't beat her, right? There's that scene where he hits her. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which, again, it's like, okay, movie, we get it. Like, yeah. he's a bad yeah. dude. Yeah. And then she walks in 20 minutes later or whatever after they've done the car thing. And she's, like, holding car, his hand. It's like, thing. you don't need to be holding his hand. Like, no, you just met him yesterday on your cruise. <laughs> Carnival line. Maybe we need to tell Jack, hey, maybe give me some space for a little bit while I work out my own, like, internal thing. And then when we get back on land, we can figure out this whole relationship. Thing. Which boat- would never work, by no, the way. No, come on. Never in a million years oh. are those two. This is, like desert island well i have a limited number of people i don't like the guy i'm with i'm gonna find somebody else here are the people who are available okay you'll work (laughs) that's the basis of the relationship and she jumps off a lifeboat to be with that man jumps off a lifeboat a seat that could have gone to the two irish children who drowned (laughs) who had to wait for the first class folks my favorite line in the movie, this isn't really to anything, but is when his friend, the Irish guy, who we don't know his name, we mm-hmm. see him once, he's like, ah, oh, you're more likely to have angels fly out your arse. <laughs> <laughs> his name was probably Mickey. Mickey. And Fabrizio. Hey, hey, I'm Fabrizio. I go to America. Oh, I'm Italian. I like the pizza. <laughs> the calzone. It was so bad, the way that they did the Italian guy. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Should we maybe back up and explain the plot? Go ahead. So James Cameron wanted to go underwater and look at the Titanic. Mm -hmm. He needed money to do so. Mm -hmm. Being James Cameron, he's like, you know what I can do? I can make a movie. Yeah. Goes to a studio and like, okay, I'm going to make a movie about the Titanic. And they're like, you are? And he's like, yes. And they're like, okay, have millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Many millions. Many millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. 200 million, Mm -hmm. I believe. So the movie starts... With what I think is actually pretty cool, which is a little robot guy going and exploring the Titanic. They're looking for the heart of the ocean, which is not a plot device we need. Just go explore the Titanic. Yeah. Right. Because that's cool. Yeah. Science is cool. We care. We don't we care that we there's don't a, need a tacky sure. diamond no. buried in that ugly, boat. Ugly, ugly diamond. Ugly. It looks like Princess Sophia's amulet. <laughs> <laughs> we have a version of the heart of the ocean. <laughs> In our dress-up box because it's Princess Sophia's amulet. (laughs) Looking for the heart of the ocean, going through all these vaults, lots of footage of the actual Titanic, which was footage James Cameron obtained, Mm -hmm. which is very cool. Yeah. But then it's 
like, oh, no, we didn't find the necklace. What are we going to do? Better call the funders who, like, isn't, like, science grant, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. But these people who want the heart of the ocean, which belongs in a museum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What are they going to do? Sell the heart of the ocean? Mm -hmm. Who's the buyer? Not to be all Indiana Jones about it, but yes. No, but really. <laughs> so they're like, oh, shoot. And then there's a news report. And then Gloria Stewart, who's making pottery in her home, because this movie is ghost, does not care that it's three hours and 14 oh. minutes. They're going to make you watch Gloria Stewart make a pot for five <laughs> minutes. And she's 101 years old. 101 years old. She was 87 at the time. They had to make her up to look older, which yeah. I thought was interesting. But yeah. she hears this news report, and her granddaughter's like, what is it, Grandma? And she's like, oh, I better call Bill Paxton with his stupid bleached hair and earring. And then <laughs> Bill Paxton's, like, annoyed that he has to talk to an old lady on the phone. But she's like, have you found the heart of the ocean? And he's like, and the one guy I'm is listening. Like... And so <laughs> hop on a plane, bring all the photos of yourself. All of the photos all of, of, the your, photos all of, of your entire life. And put them all up facing away from your bed for some reason in the same direction. <laughs> yes. Put them all up. All for of the, the photos of for yourself. For the one night you'll be staying on what our is boat. It, what is it with this movie with people traveling with a lot of crap they don't need? Why is the unsinkable Molly Brown traveling with all of her son's clothes? Okay, this is a question I had. How long was this voyage supposed to be? Because they're acting like it's going to take years. Yeah, they're acting like <laughs> they're it's going to take the summer. All of their the Mars. art. Yeah. Their entire homes are being put in their cabins. Something Picasso. <laughs> well, they're moving, right? They're Some going of back them? to America. But is Some, the unsinkable Molly Brown doing She's that? going back to America. Oh. Because she's from America. Oh, that's right. And for some reason, she's traveling with all of her son's clothes. Lucky for Jack. It would have been useful information to know. Would have been. Mm -hmm. Far more useful than a lot of the information we were given. Yeah. So Gloria Stewart shows up and Bill Paxson's like, okay, tell us your story. Well, first they describe to her how a lot of people she knows died, which mm -hmm. seems insensitive. They like yeah. recreate the sinking of the Titanic. And then she's like, factually, that's correct. But, but living it was something else. Different story. I can still smell the, the fresh paint. <laughs> and then, you know, goes back to his dream. She's I on the Titanic. It. No, wait. I love it when she starts. He's like, tell us the story. Would you tell us the story? And Rose. she's like, it's been 84 years. And he's like, just anything, anything you could remember. And she's like, do you want me to tell the story or not? Killer meme it's credit, by the way. It's been 84 years and I can still <laughs> smell the fresh paint. It's like, all right, spit out your lines. <laughs> Because this movie's already getting long. Spare us the dramatics, lady. And yeah. can you imagine being Bill Paxton and you just want to know where the necklace is? Yeah. And she starts with, I can still smell the fresh paint. And you're like, oh, oh boy. This is going to be a long one. It's like going to the senior citizen center, like, now where did I? Did you talk to Carl? Where? And you're like, oh. My pills. <laughs> Let so, me take my pills. Where, my, where are my pills? <laughs> <laughs> then she explains that this was a slave ship. You know. <laughs> yeah, but not, not. she's not an actual slave. No. She is not African American. Uh, she should never have She's said a that. rich white woman. <laughs> in, staying so, in accommodations that are better than any house I've house, ever lived oh, in. Oh, yeah. They are bigger than my house. But for it was sure. a slave ship for her because she was engaged to a man she didn't love. <laughs> Also, she has a bunch of really expensive art. Yeah. Long story short, she gets on the boat and wants to kill herself out of nowhere. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Hmm. No. She's having lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she sees a mother 
teaching her child table manners. Yeah. Just basic, put your napkin on your lap. Don't blow your snot in your food. Like, mm -hmm. things children should be taught. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kate Winslet sees that and she's like, I'm going to end it right now. Yeah, too much, too much for I'm me. I'm 17 and I've decided that this is too much. I'm going to run to the end of the boat, uh -huh. jump off. Into the freezing Atlantic. Which, why is she running to the back of the boat to do that? You can just do that on the side. <laughs> There's sides everywhere. everywhere. She runs it's for a, boat. a long time <laughs> yeah. to get to the back of the boat. Because they had to show off the impressive CGI yeah. of the Titanic, which looks like shiz now. Like, <laughs> oh, it looks so bad. So pixelated and like boxy. Like it's a rendering that's mm -hmm. not finished on the computer. So mm -hmm. she's running in these shoes and this dress and it's cold and she's pale and she's standing on the edge. And Leonardo DiCaprio is sleeping on a bench for some reason because he's homeless and he's sure. used to it. On the ship, too. The most Up on the top deck. beautiful homeless man there's ever been. Mm. Caesar, and he's like, well, you don't want to do that. This is the first of his talking down to Rose that continues through yeah. the entire yeah. film. Yeah. He is so patronizing toward mm -hmm. her and calls her Rose. Now, Rose, you got to do this, Rose. Rose, mm -hmm. come on, Rose. Rose, you don't want to jump off the mm -hmm. boat, do you, little Rose? Now I'm, I'm going to have to go in there <laughs> after you. Sure hope I don't have to do that. Is he 50? I don't mm -hmm. understand where he learned to talk like no. this. It's very disturbing. I don't know. But he takes off his shoes and his coat. And then she decides that she's not going to kill herself because he explains that the water is cold, which apparently had not yet occurred to her. Even though it, she's You know, free, that dumb woman. There's steam coming yeah. out of her mouth because it's <laughs> so cold outside. And so she decides she doesn't want to die cold. And so she tries to get back on the boat, but then she slips and he grabs her. And then in all the kerfuffle, they, he ends up on top of her just she's in screaming. time. She's screaming just in time for the boat people to show up. And it looks <laughs> like he's the boat people trying to the scoundrels trying to have a w his way with her. And she waits a very long time to come to his defense. They're handcuffing him minutes later before she's finally like, actually, no. he saved no, me. No, Cal, no, Cal. It's just a misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> like, where were you when they showed up upset? Why are you not yelling right in that moment? No, it's not what it looks like. Oh, so they believe her. Mm -hmm. And Cal's like, well, thank you very much. Join us for dinner tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But Cal's heavy. His guy who's like there to like be the fixer was like, Interesting that you had time to take, take off, off your, your shoes. shoes. Do rapists take their shoes off? I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we knew a lot about rapists back then. Okay. So the heavy thinks that Jack has possibly tried to rape Rose, in which case I don't blame him for not liking the guy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of on his That's side. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Rose meets up with Jack on the boat the next day, and they spend, again, this movie is three hours and 14 minutes long, and we watched... 10 minutes of him teaching her how to spit. Uh, and that's the moment they fall in love is uh, when she learns to hawk a loogie on first class passengers. <sighs> Awful. Mm -hmm. That scene was ad-libbed. Yeah. And poorly. Yeah. Very poorly. Yeah. Neither of them should be left to their own devices yeah. when it comes to dialogue. But as they're spitting, up walks all of the rich women, including Molly Brown, who doesn't quite fit in with the other girls. She's new money. Nobody she's, likes her. She's cool. We can relate to her. She's brash. She's American. She, yeah. She breaches all the gaps. And so she shows up and she says to Jack, honey, do you have any idea what you're doing? And he's like, I frankly don't. And she's like, well... You're in luck because I'm traveling with all of my son's clothes. <laughs> yes, and all he's of my worldly possessions are with size. Him. And so she puts him in her son's clothes so that he can go to the dinner. And then she's the cool one who's at the table. It's like, start on the outside and move your way in with mm -hmm. the forks. Which, by the way, who didn't learn that from Titanic? I feel like that was one no, of the yeah, first No, yeah, I still think about that for sure. yeah, all like, the time. 
Kathy Bates told me, start on the outside and work my way So in. James Cameron, a billionaire, mm-hmm. spends a lot of time showing how much rich people suck. He yeah. shows up at this dinner with the first-class passengers, and they're all deplorable, awful people who have mistresses and young wives, mm-hmm. and we hate them all. Mm-hmm. And then the men drink brandy, smoke cigars, while Jack takes Rose to what looks like a very raucous party. I personally would much prefer the, the brandy and cigars. That's what I literally, I turned to Skylar and I was like, maybe there's something wrong with me, but I would really like to go to the upstairs party. That seemed lovely. 100%. I don't want to dance down with those sweaty people. No, with like beer spilling everywhere. They're barefoot. They're like punching each other. And their dancing is not very good. No. And it goes on for a long time. Jack gets real sweaty, which and like even me. Why? Toward Leonardo DiCaprio was like Ugh. a little grossed out. And why is Rose standing on her tippy toes? What was the point of that? Is that, that it, was, hard? it was to prove she how tough she was. A woman of the people. What is happening? That was lame. It's all lame. But once she does it, they're all like, she's one of us. <laughs> yeah, drink a beer, Rose. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're more likely to have angels fly out your arse. <laughs> and so then they're in love, I guess. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Rose is like, you know what I feel like doing? Getting naked so you can draw me. And so they go back into her cabin where her sure. fiance may walk in sure. at any moment. Yeah, this is not a risk at all. Takes off all her clothes, puts on the heart of the ocean. Which, by the way, do boobs look like that when someone's laying on their side? I feel like so. Going I heard on that there. they had to do like a lot of readjusting uh-huh. to like get it exactly right. Because mm-hmm. but- not even my boobs stay that upright <laughs> when I'm laying on my side. I've heard so much about your body in the last little while. It's You're making welcome. me uncomfortable. You're uh, <laughs> she puts on the very generous gift that her fiance has given her to have another man draw her nude. He <laughs> does so. James Cameron is the one who's penciling that. Which Not is creepy. Soup, That's weird. Soup's creepy. Yeah. She decides that she's going to gift her fiance this drawing of her naked, mm-hmm. wearing the necklace he gave her. Sure. Leaves that for him. Leaves a very rude note. Mm-hmm. Now, this part was unclear to me. She also leaves the necklace, right? Or does she keep the necklace? They ended up getting a hold of it so they could put it in Jack's pocket. So I think she put the necklace back Okay. in the safe. Okay. Then proceeds to run away with Jack to the steerage, whatever, where like, they they're keep the cars. They're trying to get away. Well, they go down to like the coal people and they're like, you can't be here. And then they get oh, to where the cars. Oh, because Cal's guy is after yeah. him. Yeah. And so they're running away. Decide, you know what? He's not going to find us. Let's take a brief intermission from our run from him to just have, have some intercourse. Have sex. And by the way, in I got, someone else's car. In a I car. got a lot of questions about the car His scene. first time, apparently. This was the most disturbing love scene <laughs> I have ever seen. And I watched season one of Big Little Lies. Yeah. Okay. So riddle me this. She pulls him through a giant window of that car. Do they roll it up? Why is it so steamy in Why there? is she putting... Whose hand is that? Yeah. What is it doing? <laughs> What's there? happening? I don't know, but when that happened, I turned to Skylar and I said, that hand slapping against the steam window was me a lot of times when my mom left me in the car to run into the fabric store in the early 90s. I have to stop yelling. I keep yelling. I'm so excited about this movie. Okay, uh, but why is it getting steamy in there? Because she pulls him through a giant window. Open window. Open window. Also, 
at the end, they don't look like they're okay. No. no. They look like, like they've been through trauma. Lying on top <laughs> of <laughs> are, are you okay? Like, they look you're, better when they're quivering. drowning. They do look like they're in trauma. <laughs> <laughs> he's laying on top of her, and he just puts his head down on her chest, and they're both just like... <laughs> you, guys, you, guys, you guys didn't have to do that. Unroll another in... window, maybe. It's so hot in there. Put your clothes back on, and, like... Oh. So bad. <laughs> so then. <laughs> and whose car is that? <laughs> that guy's going to be pissed. Thank, thank God the boat sank. <laughs> Dude's going to open it after and like, what the it's hell happened in here? Sweaty mess in there. <laughs> So then, this is like this is like two hours in at this point, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we still got an hour to go." Of the the movie. boat hasn't even started sinking yet. <laughs> I watched this over three days, yeah, because I was just like, "I can't do it in one sitting. I cannot do this." And by the third day, I'm starting it, the movie, and I was like, "It's day three, and the boat has not even hit the yeah. iceberg yet." Yeah. So then they're, you know relishing the afterglow and they decide to go for a walk <laughs> there's a bunch of boat guys talking about how they just hit an iceberg sure mm-hmm. and rose being smart rose and who's is. always in the right place at the right time to hear the exact yes. key pieces of information like, you're like, oh this is bad mm-hmm. and then she's like let's go tell my fiance that i hate mm-hmm. why don't you come with me holding my hand yeah. to tell my fiance mm-hmm. that this boat is sinking and mm-hmm. so they return to the cabin He's framed. He's framed for taking for the taking necklace. the heart of the ocean. Is handcuffed mm-hmm. to a pipe. I'm sure. On one of the low, low levels. She immediately is like, oh, you took the necklace? Peace. Yeah. I don't love you anymore. Yeah. Well, she met him yesterday. So, so this she, makes sense. He's like, you know me, Rose. You know me. You know I wouldn't do this. Yeah. But I was like, she met you yesterday. She knows nothing about you except that you're real bad at sex. What's your last name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So she goes with Cal, who she hates, mm-hmm. hates, up to get a lifeboat. And, you know, of course, it's, it's like, oh, I hope there's room in the lifeboat. And oh, shut up, mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she tells her to shut up. Thus begins the sequence of them telling people to shut up a lot. Mm-hmm. Like they're running down the hall after they break something and the guy's like, you're going to have to pay for that. And they both turn around. They're like, shut, shut up. up. Yeah. And I don't know. They never had good writing in this film to begin with, but like by this point, they were really running out. They're like, I don't know. People yell. They say shut up a lot. That's all the rest of this movie. So they start boarding the lifeboats with the first class passengers because, again, rich people suck. And so the first class Mm -hmm. passengers are getting on. Rose gets on a lifeboat with her mother because women and children first. Mm -hmm. She's hesitant to get on the lifeboat. Wait, when is he freed? When no, she no, no, comes no. down with the she axe. She has to go down with the axe. This is prior to she's getting on getting, the lifeboat? She's getting onto the boat, and as she's getting onto the lifeboat, she finds out that he's been handcuffed down below, and she's like, oh, I can't get on this lifeboat. I have to go save him. And that's when she jumps so off? She ru- no, 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 no. That's oh. not what... So she's supposed to be getting on, but she doesn't step that's onto right. the boat. That's right. So she runs down, and the place is flooding, and he's handcuffed, and they decide to make out for a minute because, sure, we have time. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, you need to go get help because she can't find the key. And so she goes upstairs, and then she stands in the hallway breathing for a very long time because sure she has time yeah and then she finally finds an axe and goes down there and he's like practice on that thing and she practices <laughs> and she's real bad at it and he's like enough practice rose 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 why yeah. don't you take a practice swing first yeah okay rose okay now rose this now is called an axe swing it fast rose yeah. <laughs> rose that's the blade so she shuts her eyes and he shuts his eyes and she 
swings an axe at him and somehow magically gets it right on the exact spot. The handcuffs break open. They make out again for a while because, sure, they have time in this room that is flooding all the way to the ceiling. Uh By the way, they mostly don't act like the water is cold until the boat actually sinks all the way, which I thought was real weird. They're in it in the boat and it's like flooding and they're like, ooh, water. But that water is near freezing. They yeah. should be screaming. Yeah, that's hypothermia type yeah, stuff. You should be screaming. Anyway, so then they make their way back up. They like swim to the top of the boat or whatever through all the various Meanwhile, secret passageways. Some very interesting things are happening. The mm-hmm. mechanics of the Titanic sinking are very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see a three hour movie about that. Sure. Tell me exactly what happened. Tell me how the captain of the boat actually responded. Tell Mm -hmm. me what the engineer of the boat actually did instead of brief glimpses of how they're responding, which is basically them crying and staring at a clock. Mm -hmm. Because we don't care about Jack and Rose. I do not care about Jack and Rose. Do not care. The quartet orchestra people go up to the top of the boat and play Led Zeppelin or whatever it is they're playing for the rest of the movie. More exposition. They're like, now you guys heard the captain. We must play music to calm down the people. Let's keep it light. Now, one, two, three, and we go. Wedding dance. I'm like, okay, I didn't need all that explanation, but sure. And then there are background music for the remainder of the four hours that are left of this film. Right. And so Jack and Rose reemerge on top. Cal finds them, Mm -hmm. and he's like, get on a lifeboat, Rose. There's a captain over there who will make sure that Jack and I get on Mm -hmm. a lifeboat together. And so she's being lowered down in this lifeboat. Again, her seat is high real estate. Like, yeah. lots of people want that seat on the lifeboat. She looks up, there's Jack and there's Cal, and she yeah. just knows that Cal is lying. And yeah. Cal even says to Jack, uh, you're a good liar. And Jack says, you're not as good as you because yeah. Jack had encouraged her to get on this. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to jump off this lifeboat on back on to, to a sinking, sinking ship. ship. Because when she got off, suddenly the only thing Jack had to worry about is saving himself. But when she gets back onto the Titanic, now he has to worry about saving both of them again. Exactly. So that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Also, when you jump off of the boat as it's lowering into the water, it's not like you're giving up your seat for someone else. No. You're just... That's an empty seat. It's just an empty seat at that point. Had Rose not done that, Jack himself could have stayed afloat of the door and be alive to this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate Rose so yeah. much. I hate <laughs> Rose. So she jumps off, and then it's pretty much us watching them manage the sinking ship. And for some reason, Jack knows everything that's going to yep. happen. He knows exactly what the boat is going mm-hmm. to do, when it's going to do it, because I guess he's like a physicist. Because he's, he's from the street streets. Smarts. He's got streets. You know how many boats sink on the streets. Everybody. How many artists are like, okay, now the Titanic is going to pull us under the water because I have a very in-depth knowledge of I'm, how gravity functions I'm going, in this scenario. I'm Rose? going to tell you Rose? when to breathe, Rose. <laughs> Rose. Rose. Rose, hold on, Rose. Rose. We're going to go under the water now. You can't breathe under there. So, Rose, you're going to have Rose, to hold your, hold your breath. breath okay? And I will tell you when to breathe in <laughs> because I'm not sure if you're clear that you can't do that once we go under the okay, water. Okay, Rose. Okay, okay. <laughs> Rose, you hold on, Rose. There are some very sad things that happen during this. The old couple in the bed, I actually cried when they showed the Irish children. It was kind of traumatic to watch this. Okay, but then they lead up to like, and then there are children dying. And like, then it's like, and the pagings are underwater, not the Monet. I'm like, maybe the children dying should have been like the (laughs) apex of our grief. That's enough for us. For there. So the boat starts 
poking straight up out of the ocean, and some really hilarious things happen in that point. There's a lady who, like, slides straight down. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> And her, like, her bloomers are shot like up, and she's, like, screaming. <laughs> Somebody falls off and hits a propeller. <laughs> Which is, like, Why? just gratuitous at that yeah. point. I'm like, you're... <laughs> That was like the scene in elementary school. It was like, you see Titanic? Yeah. The How about that propeller? Yeah, when the guy hits it and flips. <laughs> so gnarly. The electricity goes out, you know, the ship eventually goes down, and now there's all these freezing people in the water, mm-hmm. all frantic and, and screaming. The unsinkable Molly Brown's like, what's the matter with you, a bunch of cowards? Let's go back and get them. And everyone on the boat is like, there are thousands of people in that water. We will be overturned yeah, I'm, immediately. Like, I'm going to keep paddling. I don't think they're wrong. Like, I was like, in that situation, I think what they ended up doing was the right thing, which is, why don't we consolidate? Let's have people transfer over to new boats, and yeah. then we'll send mostly empty boats out there. Yes. To try and figure out what to do. They just didn't do it fast enough. They didn't do it fast enough. So all these people are frantically in the ocean. And I actually thought that part was like well filmed. It like shows like how many people were struggling in the Atlantic. And uh, Jack finds Rose and he's like, I found this door. And she gets on the door and he tries for like half a second to to get get on on the door. Decides it's not going to work. He's going to hang off the edge of the door. Sure. Gets quieter and quieter as more and more people are dying. It's really eerie. It is eerie. This part is eerie. Again, show me more of this stuff if you're Mm going to make a movie about the Titanic. Two of the lifeboats decide to return, or just one. Mm. By that point, Rose has been passed out for a while, but she sees She's already promised to never let go. Promised to never let go. Mm -hmm. She's like, Jack, Jack, Jack. Mm -hmm. Jack's not responding, you guys. And Jack looks real frozen. He's got, like, icicles in his perfect hair. Yeah. His hair still looks He's really the, good. the most beautiful dead man I've ever seen, but sure. he's for sure dead. Mm-hmm. And so she spends a minute crying, lets go, watches him sink to the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Finds a whistle from a nearby boat guy, calls the whistle, boat picks her up. Mm-hmm. She's taken to the boat that takes them back to America. And she, first of all, avoids Cal, who mm-hmm. she sees because she can't just break up with him. No. For some reason. Uh, no. Tells them her name is Dawson because she decides that she and Jack actually got married on this boat. <laughs> <laughs> and lives the rest of her life. Gets married, has children, mm-hmm. full life. To a man if, she can never fully love. If her photographs are any indication, she had a wonderful she life. She rode a horse once, we She saw. went on a roller coaster, too. <laughs> has a family. Okay. Dies. Mm-hmm. Goes back to the Titanic. No, wait a minute. Before she dies, she oh, does the I most infuriating. So sorry. I am so sorry. I left out the crucial the point most of this movie. Infuriating thing. So she finishes her story, and then Bill Paxton. He like, doesn't have a name in the movie. He's just Bill Paxton. He, no, he's Bill Paxton. He's like, I've been watching and playing, studying the Titanic for three years, but I never let it in. Which is. The worst line I have ever heard in any film ever. And then she goes up to the top of the boat late at night and for reasons that are never explained and makes the worst decision anyone has made in a movie full of bad decisions, pulls out this diamond that could literally feed an entire starving nation somewhere. And again, belongs in a museum, is an important historical <laughs> artifact. And But it just belongs to her. And she tosses it into the ocean and makes a weird sound when she does it. <laughs> Give him the diamond. <laughs> just what? Why? You have no use for it anymore. What are Rose? you doing? Just hand You're it over. Literally like, dying tonight. So don't be mad, but I've been holding on to this for a century. Imagine their relation. <laughs> Throws it into the ocean, and then she dies. And then she dies, and, and returns then. to the Titanic. Uh huh. To spend an eternity 
with the guy that she met on a cruise when she was 16. <laughs> People on The Bachelor know each other better than Jack and Rose know each other. And she has committed to eternity with this man, without her husband, without her children. <laughs> what kind of sick monster? For somebody she knew for 48 hours. I can not. I cannot believe that's what they went with. Uh-huh. In a movie about the Titanic. And we all ate it up. Do you know what I was thinking about the whole time? Uh, Think about that episode of Seinfeld where George wants an apartment and uh, he has to like go before the apartment board and like uh, state his case. uh And he talks about how hard his life has been that like his fiance died from licking stamps or whatever. uh But he loses out to a survivor of the Lusitania. (laughs) I just... The Titanic was so long ago that just the fact of the Titanic sinking doesn't really make me sad. Yeah. The fact that two fictional characters are shown dying, Mm -hmm. well, only one of them is shown dying. I'm like, I guess that's kind of sad. I don't know. Had they focused on the actual people, Mm -hmm. had they shown us their stories, Mm -hmm. how much more compelling would that movie have been? Why? Why on earth? earth yeah do this romance in a movie about the titanic were we that dumb <laughs> was the american public that stupid that they had to do that to get us to go see it and how did this movie win as many it academy worked. awards as it did it worked everyone went to see this movie it makes me so many times. i mean sure i saw it four times in theater yeah. but i was 12 yeah yeah i feel like it was made for 12 year old meg morley yeah <laughs> That can't be who the Academy Award voters were, right? Anyway, we've gone on for a long time. I have pages of notes on this. The weird casting mm-hmm. options that might have been. I don't think Kate Winslet was the best choice. Yeah. Was Leonardo DiCaprio actually acting in that? I don't think so. <laughs> I think he was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was an eye-opening rewatch for sure. I would not recommend it. I mean, I might because it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. That lady sliding down the Titanic. <laughs> I just, I'm a terrible person. Anyway, Nick had to peace out because this went so long. Join us next week. We'll be talking about late night. Until then, leave us a good rating and review on wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we'll see you next week. Bye.